Hello, and welcome to Swallows of the South. I'm Quinn Wilson, storyteller. I actually want to be clear on that term this week. Storyteller is Exalted's system term for the Game Master, and makes for a rather pithy introduction if I do say so myself, so I like to use it here. Also, surprise, no hiatus. Things have come together very well since the last episode, so here we are with more Exalted action for the week. Anyhow, whether you have been with us through our Prelude episodes or are just joining us for your first episode, I am so happy to introduce you to our first full-fledged story arc, which I am tentatively naming Ragaras and River Pirates. As this is the first episode of our first full arc, I want to introduce our cast of improvisers and performers, as well as their characters, to you. Lenny Macias is playing Godwin Corelli II, Zenith cast performer struggling to overcome loss of loved ones. Adam Davis is playing Ajax Ford, Twilight cast investigator caught in the shadow of his parents. And Alex Deda is playing Ariston, the Twilight cast occultist who was forced from his home in the sea to wander the surface. Before we get started, I want to say that Lenny, Alex, and Adam named the group's business this session and could not resist being a bit meta and sentimental about it. I'll just say now that it's named for an old wolf. Let's boogie. In the time of myth, when gods and mortals walked creation together, Rizzo, Ajax, and Godwin, the three proprietors of Quinn's, a small business dedicated to helping those in need in the city of Jiao Wei, undertook a job that would change their lives. Tasked to return an old friend's husband to them, the heroes snuck into the clutches of the city of Jiao Wei's greatest crime lord, Seven Symphonious Chords. Though their mission was successful, Rizzo was forced to leave the city carrying with her a broken idol of a three-armed man into the clutches of an old enemy, Ray of Morning Sunlight. Two months later, Godwin and Ajax departed for the original home of this idol, with the help of the mercenary Flowing Delta. Finding not the riches they anticipated, but instead a distraught spectre, a promise was made to retrieve the missing idol, and perhaps their missing friend and moral center. Six months had passed since the departure of Rizzo, and a fearsome drought had gripped Jiao Wei in her absence. Banished traveler Ariston had made his home at Quinn's for the time, but leads on Rizzo and the idol appeared as rain, all too scarce. We open with a long-distance shot of the city of Jiao Wei, which sits suspended between two enormous redwood trees, and slowly we zoom in to an undershot of one of these trees that has a large series of young girls' faces carved into it, all of which seem to be widely smiling, and in the shadows of the buildings of the Smiling Eyes District sits a small place where people go to have their problems resolved. Inside of this place are three figures who are setting about various tasks. Why don't we go around and describe the interior decor of this place? Tell me what it's called, and then give me a description of your characters. All right, well, um, this is Ajax Ford. He's about 6'1", 
medium brown hair of like a medium length. He's pretty average looking, except he just makes you feel awkward. Like there's no specific thing about him that's awkward, but his overall aura is that of awkwardness. We're sitting in this building. It's like a little office with like um like a waiting area with some logs sawed to set up as chairs, like it's stools, and a little back office area for like paperwork and filing and stuff, and for crying on occasion. And Ajax is currently sanding away at the seats to make them more comfortable in the waiting area. He kind of carved away the top layer because he was getting kind of grimy. And now he's sanding to make them more comfortable. So, uh, in addition to there being logs set up in this office as chairs, there are some additional logs lined up on the wall in case anybody might need some additional seating. And on each of these logs, there's a decorative pine cone. And they they serve no other purpose than to be decorative and to be pinecone. And in this small office sits Godwin, who is a five foot eight human embodiment of the essence of being subpar. <laughs> and he sits at a desk, his feet on the desk, kind of letting the log teeter precariously. And on his desk, there are two pine cones with googly eyes on them. Who they represent is ambiguous, but clear. It's definitely women in his life that he seeks validation from that he kid did so he pine cones them it's kind of weird and holds them while he cries and he's currently gluing some googly eyes on the third pine cone just imagine these pine cones are pretty worn by now they're losing they're losing some chips they're kind of soggy <laughs> <laughs> so by the door of this little office area well, actually not. Well, by the door of the abode, there's a little, like, tiny, like, what would be a dog door and with, like, a little gate around it that is made for allowing stray animals to come in if they need shelter from weather or predators. And Ariston is currently fixing the gate right now because the latch has broken off on it. He is about 6'4". He has a swimmer's build. But he's not skinny, so you can see his muscles are just a little bit longer. He has, like, this pretty dark brown hair, and it's, like, shorter on the sides, and but not shaved, and then it kind of sweeps up to the right. And you, if you look at his eyes, they're changing constantly because they go with the color of the ocean. And he's getting a little bit frustrated now because the latch isn't working, and he wants to have it done by tonight. That way, in case any more animals come in, they can be safe and not get into all of everyone's stuff because last time that happened, they almost made him get rid of the door altogether. Excellent. I was actually going to lead in with the question, what modifications has Ariston made to 
the office since he got here, but that's abundantly clear because letting <laughs> stray animals into the office, which used to be occupied by a wolf, <laughs> would have been a terrible idea. <laughs> Ariston is a new face for people just joining us and for people who have been listening for a long time. How exactly did Ariston get mixed up in this business with Ajax and Godwin? Well, he doesn't know the land very well. He's just recently been on it, and after being banished from the sea by his father, he is former merman. He's now turned human because of his, again, the banishment and the curse from his dad. So he has all the appearances of a human except for the eye-changing eyes changing colors, and he it's really painful for him to walk on land. So... He has a hard time navigating through it, and he needs support from people because right now he's trying to find the birth father of his half-brother who was killed by his his own father. So not, not the brother's father, but that way he can give the ashes of his body to him. And he has no idea where to start looking, but he still really wants to help people, and he figured that Godwin and Ajax would be good people to kind of facilitate him with this because they know the land and they've been around for a while and he feels safe with them as well. Excellent. So as Ariston is fiddling with this gate and this just refusing to click back together and set back in place, there is a quick, sharp knock on the door. I'll get it. All right. Godwin kicks, lifts his feet off of the table and proceeds to fall on his ass in a swoop motion because he forgot that the log was teetering precariously. Falls on his ass. Pinecone flies in the air, catches it magically as he stumbles back on his feet, gently places it on the desk, and then awkwardly fumbles to the door to answer it. Okay. Godwin opens the door, and the first thing that he feels is an intense wave of heat from the outside. Baby. It has not rained in the city of Jiaowei in six months or so, and it is in a sort of ever large evergreen forest in a typically relatively cold, wet climate. So the city is not used to this, and the entire city seems to just kind of hold in and radiate heat back out. But after this wave of heat washes over him, he looks up and sees a very familiar face standing outside. This is his next-door neighbor, Lucy. What does Lucy actually look like? <laughs> oh my fucking god, it's Lucy! <laughs> all right so lucy she's a sweet girl but godwin is kind of obsessed with her not because of any particular external or internal radiance per se but just because she was a female that talked to him so she's despite probably having some genuinely wonderful qualities fairly bland um she's got this mustardy blonde hair that just kind of she just doesn't really care she basic no 
basic girls try. (laughs) (laughs) She's just kind of let it hang out. And it's like, it's just kind of like, she just looks like she got out of bed and her hair is kind of knotted and, and she's just kind of got bags, bags under her eyes and her face is just a little bit disproportionate to herself. Like she's not ugly, but like, she's not like cute either. She's just kind of there. She's just the epitome of bland. And she's got like a frumpy oversized outfit and like she's just kind of there she's one of those people that like you would meet her and talk to her and then just like immediately forget about her so she's like the human equivalent of rice checks (laughs) 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 check yourself before you wreck yourself yeah yeah (laughs) very astute so her hands are held together around uh, her waist, like she's like kind of clapping her hands together. Uh, hi, Winnie. Um, I know that I haven't visited you here at at work before, but uh, there's something that we I need to talk to you about. Oh wow, well, uh, the, the Lucy. Hi, I. Oh, ah. come in, come in, come in. Sorry. Thanks. So she kind of. Moves in awkwardly behind Godwin and wipes. Godwin is palpably sweating. She is actually wiping a bead of sweat off of her forehead as well. Destiny. It's hot, hot out there. That's not why Godwin was sweating. Mm-mm. No. Um, oh, that's a cute gate. That's interesting. I, I don't think I've seen many of those before. They're not good. No, don't, don't pay attention to the gate. It's really frustrating lucy actually i worked really hard on that gate godwin i heard what you said that's mean i made the gate lucy oh it looks like really solid craftsmanship wait how does he know that her name is lucy (laughs) you just said lucy a bunch of times oh lucy Lucy. he's observant (laughs) he's got eyes on his eyes my name is ariston by the way i'm new i'm new here Oh, Lucy, don't pay any mind to him. He's just, oh, he's just narrow and lost and confused. And, and no, don't, don't pay attention to him. He's not cool and doesn't have a hot swimmer's bot or anything. No. Okay. It's nice to meet you, Ariston. But yeah, I, I do want to talk to you, Godwin, about this thing. I want to talk to you too, Lucy. Can you guys just like shut the door? Really trying to work hard. Should we go in the back office? I mean, there's just, it's just kind of, it, I mean, we can go back there, but it's not really office per se. Um, well. But this, it's private. This is definitely a business trip. This is, this is about business. I'm just saying so we don't bother the other people here. I mean, it, it, it might involve the, uh, the other people, I I thought you guys kind of tended to approach these things as a team. That's what I thought, too. But apparently someone is as bothered by your presence here as I am bothered by their animal gate here. But, you know. I'm always willing to help with business deals with you. I just don't like it when you talk bad about my gate. I worked hard on it, and it, it it's, it's close to my heart. And you didn't ask permission to put it in here. 
Well, we are helping the community by having it, alright? So I'm sorry. If you really hate it, I'll, I'll take it down, but I'll keep, I'll keep it in my room. Yeah, the cat took my last pine cone. I'm, I'm sorry? Can get you a new pine cone? No, I already made a new pine cone. It's fine. It's fine. Is it really fine? Doesn't sound like it's fine. Guys, there's no need for animosity here. We have a job. I'm meaning to hear what it is. She wanted to talk to me, Ajax. Yeah, well, maybe you could have been a little nicer. You know, she's been working on. He's been working on that all day. Now you're unsure about his gender. Wow, I'm not the one that's going to be calling people out or anything. But I think somebody needs to be more attentive to people's identities when first meeting them or working with them for four months. Um. So, is there a place that I sit down? <laughs> Yeah, you can sit on this log here. Godwin grabs a log off the wall and moves it in front of his desk and lifts the pine cone off of it and puts it uh, just kind of on his desk near the chair, but not close to the pine cones with googly eyes on them. Okay, so I'm not sure if my, I mean, I know we're next door neighbors and... Godwin sits on the front of the desk that he's very close to her. I hope that things haven't been disturbing you recently, but things have been difficult at home. Are you sure you don't want to talk about this somewhere more private or like over coffee or? Um, well, there's a very concrete problem that I think has a relatively concrete solution and so I think I just want to talk about exactly what that is. And, you know, I have some people that I can talk to about how I feel about all of this stuff. But I really appreciate your help, Godwin. So, it's my mom. She hasn't been doing so great since she was released from the courier's office. And she spends most of her days... At the Wood Spider's Web gambling den. Winnie, she's got a lot of debt, and she doesn't have any money, and... And you're coming to me to ask me to marry you to get you out of debt. I see. Do you have money? I didn't get the feeling that you have money. You live and work in... The poorest part of the city. But also, my mother was a renowned performer? Yeah, I've got tricks up my sleeve, Lucy. Anything for you, Lucy. But I don't think that I should share them with anyone but you, Lucy. Are you sure you don't want to move to that private space? I'm okay. I... This is not a marriage proposal. Bam. I am hoping that you can go and settle this with the debtors at the den. I What's am, in it for us? I will pay you what I can. I don't have a lot saved up. It's certainly not enough to pay for my mother's debt, but I, I can pay you what I can. I just told you I have money. I want something else, Lucy. I just thought that this was a business, and businesses are where you go 
and you provide money in exchange for goods or services. And so I guess I'm getting mixed signals from you here, Godwin. Is this a business or isn't this a business? Godwin's just thinking for himself there. Of course this is a business. We'll take your money gladly. And Jack, why do you always have to ruin things for me? You're supposed to be my wingman, okay? Not my cock block. I'm You're ashamed. What? What? No, nothing. Nothing at all. Erston <laughs> is not even paying attention to the conversation. He's just playing with a lizard that got through the door. Come on, Ajax. You have to think of the uh, the rest of us here. Like We're not part of this business to not make money. Like The reason we're still doing jobs is so that we have enough money to survive. Yeah, but we get jobs. You could have just given me this one, you know, just one, where I could have handled it on my own and asked for profit on my own. Yeah, but then what would, what do we get for helping you? I didn't ask for your help, Ajax. You, you can't do this job on your own. <gasps> Don't put me in your boxes. You know the people down at the Wood Spider's Den web. Wood Spider's web. They are some brutal people. I'm a brutal people. You're the opposite of a brutal people. Just the fact that you said it like that, <laughs> Godwin, proves that you are not yeah, a brutal person. I, I don't think that that's how they talk down there. Okay, I just, I thought that you would be better equipped to handle... We got it. We got uh, this. Just a, a request for a job. Lucy, don't you worry. I will take care of it personally and uh, okay it's just from our our conversations i really had the sense that business was picking up i thought you might have streamlined the the process by now yeah that was something ajax was supposed to work on yeah usually when i talk to customers nothing like this happens godwin come on man i got a pine cone over she's important to me <laughs> you have what nothing nothing at all um, she kind of like runs her hand through her hair and kind of like tries to straighten out some of the knots in there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't pay you a whole lot, but I can pay you a half of, a half of my week's earnings because I've been trying to put forward my rent so that I can try to handle this debt situation. What are you doing now? Asking you for help. No, I mean, like, what are you doing for money now? I don't know where you are with your life. Let's catch up over coffee. Well, I took a position, a job down at the at the docks. I help shuttle the recently loaded goods uh, and prepare them for distribution to the markets throughout the city. Well, that's no fun. You were always destined for something cooler than that. I mean, I don't know. I get to see stuff from all over creation. It's really cool. You're really cool. Was that smooth, Ajax? Thank you. It was until you asked me if it was smooth. Damn. Well, don't worry about it, Lucy. We got it. Okay. Um. Thank you. I guess you know where I live if you get this sorted out. Uh. <laughs> or I guess you could, you know, use the the mail system and... Shoot me a, uh, shoot me a mail. Those spiders move fast. And with that, she stands up, wipes some of the dirt off of her, uh, her thighs, and kind of makes to the door. Watch out for the gate! Ah! 
Ah, son, bless it. My toes will be fine. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate this. Come visit sometime, Lucy. I hope that you're okay. I'm really sorry that he hurt you. I'll promise to make sure that he's treated like garbage around here because he did that to you. I'm so sorry. Oh, it wasn't on purpose. Are you sure? I said watch out for the king. I feel like you're deliberately trying to upset me here. No. First you make a gate when you know that I didn't want a gate. And then you hurt this girl. That means a lot to me. And I'm just done with your antics. I'm just irritated. I'm sorry, God. I'm really not trying to do it on purpose. I just... I, But the... Rising heat and drought and all, a lot of animals are in danger, and I just need to help them in some way. I'm an animal in danger. Okay, but... I'm feeling uncomfortable in my own workplace. Alright, if you really hate it that much, I'll take it off. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's my... that's my C accent. (laughs) That's awful. Alright, now now you're just getting inappropriate. (laughs) I don't make fun of the way you talk. You don't make fun of the way I talk. Godwin. There's nothing to make fun of about the way that I talk. No, 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 no. No, there's not. We should probably get down to that den, though, before it gets too dark out. Yeah, okay. They get more powerful at night. Okay. The wood spider's web is actually really close to the city courier's office, or at least this hub of it. And the city courier's office in Jaway is actually a network that is sort of a f- series of funneling and sorting systems that are prepared, like packages are prepared for elemental wood spiders to drop in through the roof, collect packages, and then scuttle them down the line. Mm-hmm. Wood spiders are literally just very large spiders made out of cobbled pieces of wood. But the city has used the natural climate and the natural density of wood spiders in the area to make something profitable off of it. But it's called the Wood Spider's Web because it sits essentially beneath this enormous network of overlapping wires and webs that the spiders scuttle down. It has a heavy sliding door at the front, and as you enter, it is heavily, heavily filled with smoke and the music of a... It's the... like a three-stringed instrument, kind of like a shamisen or a sanshin. It's kind of twangy and wailing. Uh, There's a number of people smoking various things from pipes and cigarettes around. There's a number of tables that are populated by people rolling dice or playing various varieties of cards. But there's also some people sitting in the corners actually just playing a game of Gateway, which is essentially fancy chess. And as you enter, a figure kind of quickly approaches you from the corner. It did not look like there was anyone in the corner, but very quickly he emerges. Welcome to the den. Web, den, web, who cares? It's a place. The web is a gambling den. Welcome. What can I do for you? This is kind of a dark-skinned man of relatively short stature. He's maybe 5'6", with a severely hunched posture. Hey, buddy. So we're looking for this lady, right? Nice lady, mom of a friend of mine. 
Got the 411 on it. Buddy. Lots of mothers come here. I'm looking for one. Okay, not lots. One. I mean, you have any specific details you could tell me about this mother? Crap. No. Well, I... I really can't help you then. That's not... (laughs) That's not the way that information works. I forgot to ask about that. This is why... This is why Ajax and I always agree that we should do the talking together. Because obviously we have missed a major source of information here. What? You've just barely moved into our business here. Now you think that you can do a better job than I can, all right? I'm great at talking to people. Like our friend, Mr. Creepy Corner here. All right? We're having a grand old conversation. My name's Triskelion Under the Arch. That's a creepy name, too. Okay, Triskeleton, come on. I was actually honestly expecting Godwin to just start introducing facts about her mother. (laughs) You know, improvise some stuff, but no, that's fine. Godwin just sucks at his job. Godwin is absolute trash. (laughs) I'm sticking to the character of being true to him. No, that's good. Oh, man. Ariston. I have a gentle charisma. Is uh, starting to get... Like, visibly sick. He's not used to the smell of smoke at all. And it's affecting him a lot. Godwin, you always come in bragging about how you just had another conversation with Lucy. You'd never had any conversations about her mother. You know those times when I said that I've had conversations with Lucy? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) They might be with the pinecone. Okay, so I don't really know anything about... Pine cones or Lucy's, but it's one of those situations where you kind of got to pay your way in or you got to leave. Well, I mean, I guess she probably looks like her daughter. So, like, imagine a beautiful woman with hair like starlight. And- okay, we're going to have problems here. What? <laughs> You, she might have mentioned her daughter when she came in here. Um, her daughter's name is Lucy. She might be blonde or be fair skin, fair hair. Starlight. Apparently, she owes you quite a fair change, fair chunk of change. Oh, I'm not the bookkeeper. I introduce people. I make sure that everything's on the up and up. I've given you a quick visual scan to make sure that you're not a legitimate threat to the business. Take me to the bookkeeper. All right, you're going to want to speak to Hallowed Benefacti. She usually sits uh, toward the back. Okay, thanks very much. We're going to go talk to her. Bye. So you guys cut your way across the room, and you see a woman probably wearing the nicest clothes of anyone in the den. They've kind of got this nice red silk, and she has very dark skin, and full lips, sharp eyes, and her hair is kind of pulled up and tied back in such a way that it's basically it kind of like bunches up and then she's got like a really cool afro back out the other end. Um, But she is talking to a man who has kind of caramel-colored skin and has on the back of his shirt a symbol with a... it's essentially a circle with a triangle kind of circumscribed inside of it, but it's a hollow triangle. And this man is just finishing up his conversation as he turns away 
and walks back towards the den. It looks like there's a couple of other people who have similar clothing on that he's consulting with. Is there a way that I can help you? Hi, my name is Hallowed Benefacti. Uh, I haven't seen you around my den before. Well, that's because I've never had a reason to walk into your den till now, Miss Benny Factor Leader. Denny's Factor. Benny. It's Perry Fader. It's the person who receives goods from a benefactor. It's. All you do is just take, take, take. Um. And you just take, take, take money away. This, this is a business. I need to make gains. That's how this works. Well, Miss Gain Lady, I've got a bone to pick with you. Do you? Yeah. Well, please, tell me about this bone. So, my friend's mom owes you a lot of money. Okay. I'm here to settle her debt. And how are you planning to do that? She lightly raises a hand from above her knee and just kind of plays her fingers around a bit. And you can see a couple of figures step forward from around the den. So first, we need to be clear about how much my friend's mama owes you and what she looks like and whether or not she might be in the space right now. Mm. Goodness gracious, it's... So, I'm going to say right now, money in Exalted is bizarrely complicated. There is a system of jade currency, which is most commonly translated into a system of paper script, which basically represents debt. And there is a series of silver denominations that is primarily used by the guild. So, talking about money in the way one might in D&D, where you're like, uh... She owes you, like, 1,500 gold pieces Yeah, is a little bit more weird. It's a substantial amount of money. She is my third largest debtor at the moment. Assuming this is the woman I'm thinking of. Ambrose? Does she have beautiful blonde hair like the sunlight? Starlight? Kid, blonde hair's not my thing. Well, it might be mine, so is it? Is that her quality of hair? I believe that Ambrose is blonde, yes. Well, I'm here to settle her debt. I will, my constituents here. I will ask you again. How do you intend to settle it? Well, not with actual money, of course. I recognize your faces. You're from that place in the Smiling Eyes District, right? What's it called? Quinn's. Right. Quinn's. After a beautiful wolf named Quackunchin and Juice. I hmm. miss him every day. Interesting. I don't quite see how you got to Quinn from there, but that's fine. Yeah, Quinn is a dumb name, isn't it? It's really a stupid, dumb, awful name. I don't know why anyone would name anything Quinn, to be honest. Seems like a big mistake. Yeah, I might kill myself if I were named Quinn. Anyhow. That's morbid. I've seen you around. How are you planning to deal with this? I'll play you in a game of rock, paper, joey. It's basically like rock, paper, scissors, but with one minor difference. (laughs) (laughs) Rock, 
and paper cannot defeat a city. <laughs> hey. Never stifle your creativity, Quinn. You know what? I'll take you up on that. Rock. Rock. Paper. paper Jaway. It's Jaway. <laughs> it wins every time. Scissors? What were you thinking? Look. I hear that you guys get things done. Is that true? We have a pretty good Yelp review. Hmm. I haven't checked recently. Well, I have an issue with my daughter. She... Is she cute? Is 14 years old. Oh, God. That makes me uncomfortable. Jump the gun there, uh, Conwin. I'll be back in four years. But go on. She recently came down with spider silk fever, and her situation is very quickly becoming much, much worse than we had anticipated. So if we remedy her spider silk fever, will you eliminate Ambrose's debt? It's certainly a way to get your foot in the door. Hey, this is your daughter's life we're talking about. Yes, and it would mean very, very much to me. Would it mean the equivalent of how much Ambrose owes you? It is difficult to quantify these things. I fear that if I am unable to collect on Ambrose's debt, then her death may not be from illness, but from starvation. Look, I'm asking you a straightforward question, and I feel like you're giving me convoluted answers. It's kind of a yes or no thing. Seven Symphonious Chords takes a lot of money off of the top of this. He has his fingers in a lot of different operations. So if I don't settle particularly large debts, he gets upset. And I will have you know that he has a very volatile temper. I just don't understand why we would be motivated to help you out with your situation if you're not going to do us a solid... I am saying that I can drastically reduce the margin of her debt. By all of it? Go ahead and just give me a <laughs> charisma plus presence check. There it is. <laughs> I was waiting for it. All right. Are you going to use your excellency here to buy yourself more dice? Uh, what am I trying to beat? You are trying to beat four. She is relatively shrewd. Um, I don't know. I'm going to test my luck. Let's do it, guys. Remember, you can always just stunt and give a, a good description for your sealing mm. the deal for extra dice. He spits in his hand and sticks it out. Great. I'll, I'll give you two dice for that, I guess. That's what I thought. Five. Okay. She means a lot to me. I will reduce Ambrose's debt to zero if you handle the situation. Deal! He grabs her hand and shakes it with all the sweaty spit in it. You did not let me finish. Any 
complications that arise from the erasure of this debt will be placed squarely on your heads. Well, we already shook before that happened, so that kind of negates what you just said. Well, we'll see what happens when Seven Symphonious Chords comes knocking. He's not going to come to our dingy establishment. Yeah, besides there's a gate. <laughs> it's an awful gate. It'll break his toes. That is a gr- his greatest weakness. He's never once navigated successfully beyond a gate. Yeah, you see, you see, the gate is a good investment to the house. Also, ma'am, I do have knowledge of healing. I of multiple terrains. I may be able to help your daughter. That would be very, very helpful. And she writes her address on a piece of paper and hands it to you. Thank you. When I'm able to procure the proper elements and tools, I'll come back. Thank you. I I appreciate this, and I'm sorry I have to make this so difficult, but you'll understand that Finding yourself tangled up in one of the larger criminal elements in the area rapidly complicates your life. I understand. My own mother had her difficulties with things she was involved in. I can't say I don't see where you're coming from. I just want to apologize for our comrade's behavior back there, too. You can have my handkerchief to wipe that spit off your hand. Thank you. That was... Goodness, that was just a mess, wasn't it? Yeah. He means the best. But his... His ways can be a bit disgusting at times. It's as though he's not really ever interacted with people before. Which is funny, because he has a lot of charisma. I guess it's just all about when and how to use it. Guys, the bathroom's really fancy. It has a statue of a tuna eating a bear. Okay. that That's nice to hear. Shouldn't that be the other way around? No, that's what makes the statue so cool. Oh man, I've got to go check this out. The Tepu is a mighty, mighty river. And the salmon which swim upstream on it are truly impressive. I think she said uh, it was a tuna. <laughs> it's salmon. You uncultured <laughs> Did you say tuna? I did say tuna. I don't know. We're inland. What's a tuna? <laughs> what is its gill radius? Ratio It's got a good GR. That's great. You've worked with a pretty, pretty swell school of fish. Said GR for days. I'm talking about the 360-degree GR. <laughs> God, it's just kind of like a circular groove. It's just fucking made up. Gil radius. <laughs> it's not even real. <laughs> I never once thought it was real. <laughs> I was just hoping that somehow I had convinced everyone that that was a real thing. Is that our improv team's name now? Gil radius? Gil radius? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Just because you work at SeaWorld? <laughs> no, it's actually the uh, distance uh, that you have to be around Gilroy, California before you smell the garlic. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yep. 
May, Shu, and Kasaga smile upon you, and she turns back to her business. Who the fuck are those people? Shu and Kasaga are both the city's... Like, they are the twin gods of the city, and they are also the historical lovers for whom the two trees that line the city, that support the city, are named. Cool. Then one of the trees just has a huge that way you can tell the difference. Yeah, that, that's how you tell the difference. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Uh, I wonder when that aspect was erected. Aspect. <laughs> I think you, you glommed onto the wrong part there, bud. Might have missed the uh, intention by a, by a word or two. But as you turn to leave the establishment, you see that the man... Uh, who was speaking with Hallowed Benefactor before is leaning over one of the tables at the dealer and appears, he's, you're kind of looking at him from behind, but he appears to kind of be reaching towards something around his belt in a rel- in a very aggressive stance. Like he's slapped his hands down on the table and is leaning forward. If you think you can talk to my boys like that, I'm afraid that I'm going to have to Correct you. You've mistaken the amount that they've placed for their bets. You're going to have to give some of that back. Uh, and the bartender, or the, goodness gracious, what's it called? Um, the dealer. He's like the bartender of cards. Yeah, it's the bartender of cards. The dealer says, these are just the coins that were on the table. I, I'm afraid that this has to stand. This is how this business works. Do you know who I am, kid? I know I've never seen you before in my life. Huh. Have you ever heard of House Tepet of the Realm? Um. So actually, Godwin would have had a slight interaction with House Tepet before. Oh. Um, when Godwin was on the road with his mother... He met someone. Who did he meet from House Tepet, and what were they like? So, he met, basically, while Godwin was traveling on his journeys uh, with his mother on their concert tours, he met the great Tepet chef, who was one of the Tepet brothers, which is really fancy cooking over being a person in a place of leadership and royalty. Okay, quick Quick point of clarification. House Tepet is one of the primary great houses of the the realm. So it's populated largely by the dragon-blooded, but also with a lot of like people who are just related to them but are not themselves exalted. Okay. So there are probably Tepet brothers, but the Tepet brothers? There's so many boys <laughs> in that family. You know, he was one of 36... Tepet boys, and so they didn't really flinch when this one was like, I think I might just kind of want to pursue some culinary art instead of being a leader. And being in the military. They're a military house. Being in the military, you know, I just want to make puff pastries. And so, uh, great chef Tepet. So, while on the road, Godwin and his mother stopped for brunch one day at the great Tepet Waffle House, which was this establishment that Great Chef Tepet 
made really quite adjacent to the Tepet Manor, kind of like in Tepet territory. And um, it was just on the road, so they stopped there for breakfast. And uh, Chef Tepet was in this heated conversation with a party of people that had been eating at the Great Tepet Waffle House. And they were talking about how disgusting Solar Exalted were, and how dragonborns need to take over the land. And they weren't explicitly using the word genocide, but there was kind of an allusion to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to commit a genocide for 300 people who will reincarnate every time you kill them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I tell you what. My name is Tepet Rauha, and I'm going to let this one slide. You've hurt my... You've hurt the honor of my company, and I don't take kindly to that. But I will let the dignitary with whom I've arrived know what happened here, and you'll be hearing from him soon. And you actually hear a shick sound as a knife goes back into a sheath, and he steps up from the table and walks towards the door. Wow. That guy's kind of just like his... I met another Tepe guy once, and he was kind of an a-hole, and this guy also seemed like kind of an a-hole. Maybe they've just got a... a, an a-hole gene, you know? Something that makes them a-holes. Yeah, yeah, I I could see that happening. That family dumps in the ocean all the time. Just throw other trash in there. They have establishments all the way out on the coast? This is pretty far inland. Yeah, again, remember the map that I showed you earlier? Yeah. Everyone important on House Ragara, or from House Tepet, from all the great houses, lives on that Russia-sized chunk of land. Oh, okay. And then they control a huge portion of the world radiating out from there. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they... They definitely do a lot of ocean trafficking. House Pelops actually probably is the worst because they run the naval arm of the realm's military. But seeing as how House Ragara is traditionally one of the more militaristic houses, they do a lot of uh, sea traveling, so they probably dump pretty badly. I feel like out of nowhere, almost like it was some sort of uh, greater being um, that just struck me with profound knowledge about the geography of the land and and I don't know where it came from but I suddenly now feel much better educated in the Tepet family's negative contributions to the marine life in creation yeah yes I was right so thank you for I didn't say it was you I said it was some higher power they kill Sayakas and just hang them from the bows of their ships. I have which are this giant sharks. They're large sharks. I just, I have this feeling that I suddenly was aware of knowledge that I had all the time that they hang these giant sayaka all over the boats, and I feel like I knew it all along. But it just needs someone to tap me on the shoulder and say, "Hey, they do that." Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. It didn't come from you at all. No. No. All right. Take down that gate. I'm not taking down the gate anymore. I want you to then establish your own Yelp page so that I can give it some bad stars. 
you know what? No, no, all right. We're just <gasps> we're just gonna focus on the task at hand and the fact that we need to heal. Hallowed Benefactee's daughter. You How- don't know her daughter's name yet. We, Hallowed Benefactee's daughter, so that Lucy's mom can get freed of this debt. Got to it for Lucy. Yeah, that's even more motivation to get this done, man. Mm, I'm also so, mm, yeah, I guess we could do it. Yeah, I don't know where to start though. Look, I Ajax. think we just we can probably start by going and visiting her. We got the address right. Ajax, you're so knowledgeable, and I'm so glad that you're here with us and you contribute positive content to this group. Thanks. I have the address, actually. Anything you wanna you wanna say to that? Godwin. It was given to you by something else. It wasn't original content. I'm just not going to win. Well, I have the address. So here it is. 7682 the Cherry Blossom Street. Creative as ever. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to Swallows of the South. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to us, rate us, and review us on iTunes. Every review really helps get the show out there to more new listeners. If you want to find us on the web, you can find us at swallowsofthesouth.com, on Twitter at swallowsofsouth, on Tumblr at swallowsofthesouth.tumblr.com, and on Google Plus at swallowsofthesouth. If you have any questions you would like answered, or would like to speak to Quinn via email, please send your messages to swallowsofthesouth at gmail.com. Our intro music is new by Elvis Herod. And I hope to see you next Tuesday.